I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Break-Evens brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. If you'd like to reach out to Tony and the team, head over to their website, Instagram, Facebook, send a pigeon their way, smoke signal something, you'll find Blue Wealth Property there. They'll be able to send you in the right direction. Also brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, the best drop in sport. Make sure you go and support Kempi this weekend buying a case of mid-strength or full-strength beer. We're going to continue with our reviews of season 2022 and a sneaky look at 2023 with some previews. Today, we're looking at the Canberra Raiders, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Sydney Roosters, and the Melbourne Storm. Timmy, welcome back. Did you get a haircut since last week or something? Yeah, mate. I'm a bit of a freshen up there, a bit of a bit of a perk in the hair. So I really, really... You look the piece. Yeah, thanks, mate. I'm uh, pretty excited for this, uh, this episode. So covering the mighty Canberra Raiders. By the time this goes live, obviously, recording week one of the Would you finals. have won the comp yet or not? Nah, we'll be preparing for a prelim final. Nice. So I'm um, getting ready for the, for the pre, prelim final ambush, probably against Penrith or someone. So yeah. I'll, be, I'll be getting my grand final ticket ready and what could possibly go wrong from here? That'll be exciting for the Queen Bean Kangaroos. All right, <laughs> uh, let's talk. Canberra Raiders, as Timmy said, 2022, their best. Uh, Joey Tapanay for me, he was the absolute standout there. He was sensational. Underrated. Adam Elliott had a pretty good season, huh? Mm, those two boys, very interesting because speaking of looking at doing squad breakdowns every single week of the year, and get to the Raiders, it was the same thing. It was all year pretty well. Joe tapping more from mid to late season, but like just an absolute star. If you want to fork out for him, get him because he just continued to deliver. And then it was Adam Elliott. <coughs> While his role is what he is and his minutes are the same, just hold strong until anything changes because they both just kept delivering. And, and Joey Tappany, who was one of the ones that really hurt me, obviously along with Latrell Mitchell, <coughs> who we'll get to very shortly, Tapps just kept punching out big numbers. And it wasn't surprising because we knew how good a super coach player Tapps could be. It was just the minutes, wasn't it? Yep. And I think he started the season sort of mid-40s to early 50 minutes. By the end of season, he was close, play, playing close to anywhere from sort of 60 to 65 and when a player that good with tackle-busting ability, offloading at will, is getting big minutes, uh, Taps was just fantastic. So while I still don't like investing big money in front row forwards in Supercoach, Taps was a bit of an exception to that, and Adam Elliott put together a good year as well. Yeah, Hudson Young was the other one. Uh, personally, I think in a couple of weeks, he will get a bait in the Kangaroos World Cup squad. Mm. I think he has to be there now. I think he's forced his way into it. He's been mm. sensational, and you mentioned off-camera before, and I think it's perfect Fuck, he'd be a fun guy to own. 
Oh, just the way he plays his footy. Like he's got such attacking upside. He's similar to the sort of Villiami kick out mould in that he relies on attacking stats mm. to score well. So he's not going to do that sort of Angus Crichton type uh, or IPAP type where they punch out their 55, 60 in base and they sort of sit around that most of the year and they'll average to 70, 75. He has his tons and he has his 40s. <laughs> so while it's a bit nervy, he sets tries up, he scores them, he grubbers in behind the line for himself. So he's one that I'll be really considering for next season because he his game just came on leaps and bounds this year. Hudson has realised how good Hudson is, yeah, which is lethal, <coughs> lethal for a footballer with his sort of confidence. Mate, twenty twenty two most disappointing. Canberra Raiders are one of those teams that you know we weren't really expecting too much out of too many of them as far as Super Coach goes. Uh, I don't think anyone was relying too heavily on anyone. In fact, you know, I, I think at the start of the season, Tapanay, Elliot, Hudson, very few people would have even been considering those guys, realistically, they became very important as the season went on. But probably my most disappointing in the moment, Josh Hodgson went down, which, as you said on Monday, very early in the season, I thought, okay, Tom Starling could be a little pod this year. Uh, just never left the garage, did he? Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting one with him. He, he looked like he could be a super great star if the minutes came his way. And I think everyone was thinking the same thing. And while he certainly had his moments, even Ricky Stewart, you could tell that in the back of his mind that he never saw Starlow as an 80-minute hooker. We saw with the way he was utilised with with uh, Josh Hodgson last season. Then this season when Hodgson went down and he was trying Adam Elliott hooker, all different sorts of combinations to play Starlow as a sort of 50-60 minute role as that impact bench role, which he's wonderful at. He's just a small body. And the rigours of 80 minutes week in, week out for a small bloke in the middle, it's just tough to do. So... Then Zach Wolford came along, who ended up being a little sneaky little... Well, he wasn't really super coach cheap because he didn't quite get the minutes, but he came along and ate into that first 20, 30 minutes of game time, sometimes longer, mm. uh, and it just really killed Starlow. So, yeah, he, he was certainly disappointed from what we thought he was capable of. Yeah, Ricky Stewart went from completely head-fucking us with his forwards to his hookers, mm. which just became, I think, more confusing than anything before. Mate, let's have a look at 2023 for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, it's it's an exciting little time for the Raiders. You've got a number of young guns coming through that are, some have already made it. You're, you're Tomoko, Sebastian Chris, Xavier Savage, the X-Man. Uh, but there's a few more that I'm really excited about. The first one, uh, Harley Sexy Shields. He obviously did his ACL <laughs> this year. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to crack your side for round one because there's a few guys that have really cemented themselves in that team. But if there's a couple of injuries, he will become a cheapie. Mate, the one I'm most excited about, and he's one of my most exciting prospects in the NRL, let alone the nation's capital, mate, Trey Mooney. I think this kid has got potential to be an absolute superstar in our game. Tell us about Trey. Trey's a gun, and he's, he's a big forward. He can play as an edge backer or a middle, which is just so valuable in these days because... There's a lot of forwards who can only play as a middle or an edge. So to have that versatility as a coach, to be able to chop and change them is very valuable. Uh, look, he's a big tackle-busting forward. He runs a terrific line. Uh, I'd seen a lot of him in New South Wales Cup this season and then he got named for the, must have been the, the 19s origin. 19s, 19s yeah. and came out and just killed them there. His ball playing was really good. So he can play that sort of link role as a middle and... It's a tough pack to, to crack, but obviously yeah, with Adam Elliott leaving um, to a less degree, Ryan Sutton, there will be minutes to go around. I think he'll probably start the year off the bench and just be a real slow burn cash cow. 
but he's good enough that he can lock down a starting role in that pack deeper into the season, and he could be a really interesting prospect. Yeah, I think by the end of the season, he will be on the right edge, potentially. I also don't mind him at 13, though. Mm. I know you got Whitehead there, and I sort of think he'll get the 13 role based on what we saw this year, but this Mooney, I, 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 like, I'm willing to say now, I think he'll play Origin. Within Oof. the next six or seven years. Oh, I, I think he's that good, mate. I think he's one of the most talented young guys in this competition. The other one we need to talk about is CHN. Um, he's been sort of starved of opportunity at the mm-hmm. Canberra Raiders. We did mention Adam Ellett will be leaving, so you'd have to assume that Whitehead, based on what we've seen the last few years, he'll probably go into that 13, or this year, he'll go into that 13 role. Uh, CHN, if a spot opens up for him on the edge, I'm going to find it very hard to leave him out. Oh, isn't he just the one every single year that you like? If he can lock down an 80 minute edge roll, he would be so, so good in Supercoach. And we've seen it in the past. He's had some big, big seasons. Um, yeah, and, and that, that you've nailed it there. So if Whitehead does go to the middle and Sage and locks down an edge roll, he could be very popular to begin next year because he's just the ultimate Supercoach player. Offloads at will, tackle bus, he runs a tremendous line, can sniff out a try. Um, Speaking of fun blokes to own, CHN's the best. I remember a few weeks ago when I talked about him for the grand final week and you said, oh, if he's not owned in comps, mate, there would have been one person in every single draft comp that would have absolutely shit down your throat for saying that because they would have held him for 25 weeks (laughs) and just been hopeful. He's one of the most frustrating guys to own, but fuck – when he's on and he's getting minutes, he's one of the most damaging. I remember I had him a few years ago when he he first burst on the scene for the Panthers and he was just – Crazy, oh, like kick out, like sort yep. of stuff. So he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, the Canberra Raiders, that'll do us there. Uh, they're, they're probably pretty hungover from Mad Monday by this point, anyway. <laughs> uh, let's move to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. We might, uh, we might chime in occasionally here and get Maddie the Water Boy if he's got a mic down there. We'll call out to you, Maddie. Um, now the best for South Sydney 2022. Pretty hot field here. I think we'd have to go Latrell Mitchell though. He was incredible. Uh, Dry fucked both of us all season. Uh, he was unbelievable, Latrell. Mate, a, a few other guys put their hands up. Damien Cook, 75-point super coach average. Cam Murray was solid all year. Alex Johnson almost averaged 70. I'm not sure if I saw him take a hit up out of his own end and he averaged 68-70, which is incredible. Coleman Tungy as well. He had an unbelievable season outside Ilias there. He was great. Who's your pick of the bunch out of them? Probably after Latrell. Who, who was your next best for South Sydney? Mm, uh as you elegantly put it, it's the bloke that dry fucked us, and that's the Trell Mitchell. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Trell, mate. I just, I, I, I haven't crunched the numbers because why the hell would I want to do that? But Latrell probably cost me, I reckon, maybe three hundred spots overall. Not bringing him in uh, when the rest of seemingly ninety nine percent of Supercoach did. Um, it's got to be Latrell, mate. He was just the back end of the season. He was phenomenal. Finished just a few stats up here, but finished with a five and average of 99. If you went back six, seven, eight rounds, that'd probably be higher as well. So I think uh, Latrell was the one there and uh, we, we touched on it in our, our season review podcast, but just the run of games the Bunnies had on the run home, you're just thinking he can't keep doing it. But again, to reiterate, lesson learned that the out and out guns of Supercoach, particularly the ones playing in better sides, I think they're just proving they're fixture-proof and they can score well against anyone. So I learned that lesson the hard way. But uh, Luttrell's the one. And then Damian Cook, who in recent seasons had regressed a little bit from being an absolute out-and-out number one hooker in the game. Obviously, Harry Grant in the last couple of years has come into that mix. But Cookie finished about two points off overall averaging from Grant. Uh, and then Cam Murray is just... Uh, I, 
I've said this about 15 times through the season, so I may as well add one more before the season ends. But Cam Murray, who I had in my side all pre-season, didn't play in the trials. There was a bit of chat about like a, a tight hammy or something, so I was questioning minutes, so I avoided it, and he just went nuts all year and came out with a bang. So that one hurt, but just they're a super coach goldmine, the bunnies, aren't they? Yep. For sure. As far as most disappointing goes, um, Ilias. I know a lot of people had him at the start of the season. I, I thought Ilias was going to be a much better super coach player than what he was from watching him in reserve grade and stuff. So uh, NRL, very good. Super coach wise, pretty poor. Just was... Just wasn't able to produce points, essentially. Yeah, and it, it didn't help that the Bunnies probably started the season a, a little bit slow as well. I think they had some tough matchups early on. It's not really a super conducive scoring game, Avilius. He could be all right down the track, but you know he's not the big ball runner who busts tackles mm. and, and racks up 10 or 12 runs a game. So he really does need to get in on the attacking stats. And when he's got stars around him like Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker, it can be hard to do that. So, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. The other one was Cody Walker, his halves mm. partner, who uh, at one point he was going for a ridiculously little amount of money. I think he got oh. the 300K mark, didn't mm. he, or low fours or something. Uh, his value was incredible. I just – I <clears> couldn't <throat> trust Cody Walker – this year, I did, it just never looks like he was at his absolute best to me. So I avoided it. I know a lot of people got on it. Uh, I think we'd have to call it a disappointment. One of my big disappointments for the season, and I didn't jump on him until I think it was sort of maybe just before origin uh, the second major bye week, which he delivered in there with 119 points, and that was great against Newcastle. But the back, the back end of the season, I mean, to me, like he finished with a five-round average of 55-60-odd. Like, it wasn't horrible, but coming off a season of 84-point average, 74 the year before, you just expected more. And I think with him, the Bunnies struggled without Latrell Mitchell. They struggled for go-forward. He didn't have a platform to play off, and the attacking stats didn't come. Then when Latrell Mitchell did come back... He just really he he doesn't sweep sides as much as he does without Latrell because Latrell's the man. So his footy was actually quite good, particularly in the back end of the year. And as an owner, who I probably played him once every three weeks because the what he was dishing out, he did all the hard yards in the middle to draw in defenders, get him in, and he just whip it out to the back to Latrell who was sweeping, and all the trail did was tip on. Mm. That's where it's like, well, Cody probably deserved the try assist and line assist. But to their credit, the Supercoach scorers, they get a lot of flack for being, you know, having grey areas in their scoring. They always give the try assist to the sweeping player, and yep. that was Latrell every time. So where Latrell was bolstered, who I didn't own, Cody, who I did own, was getting nothing for it. But, you know, we knew that going into these games and when we make our trades. So it's like it's not a hard luck story. It's it's just being smarter about your trades. It's like uh, Adam Reynolds passed his hat on to Cody yeah. Walker, wasn't it? Just doing so much yeah. fantastic work but not getting rewarded super coach-wise for it. As far as guys to keep an eye out for next year for South Sydney, I mean, I don't really see much change to their pack next season. Mm. So I don't think much changes there. Their back line, I think like they experimented with so many guys this year that I don't think a heap changes there. Isaac Thompson is the one guy that I'm really excited about. But, I mean, he played two games this year. I think he went 75 and 55. So he's not going to be as cheap mm. as what we would have liked. He'll also be out on the right wing outside Campbell Graham, which is a great spot to be. But... We know that all their footy goes down the left side. Yeah. Matty, is there anyone at South Sydney, Young Guns or anything that you know of that you think are worth keeping an eye out for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who did we say before? The Kalo Kalo? 
Yeah, Callow Callow, who we haven't really look. I've honestly haven't paid that much attention to the to the lower grades this year. Mm. Um, of anyone, sorry, sorry for my voice, of note. Um, yeah, what have you done in the last <clears throat> 10 minutes? Yeah, I, don't know. I just need water like 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because we, we rotated through so many centers and wingers this year. Like, you've everyone's already seen them all. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, there's all, there's, there's a young boy there, Tyra Munro, who's very talented, but I, I, st- I don't think he'll get a shot this year. You, you've got pretty good depth in your outside backs and in your pack as well. Reese on Cole Lovett the other day as well. So, like, I think that there'll be, I don't think there's going to be anyone that's going to really jump out of the mm. box at South Sydney. In saying that, uh, I could have tripped over Isaac Thompson two months ago and not known who he was or that he played football. So uh, anything can happen. But South Sydney there, uh, not a heap doing. We'll let Matty die in silence down there. The SC Playbook podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, Give them a call on 9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Uh, let's move to the Sydney Roosters. Uh, 2022, their best player, uh, James Tedesco. I think he is the obvious standout this season. But Joey Manu, he was sensational, came up with that one game against the Dragons, which was unbelievable. If you didn't captain him that day, that would have really stung. Doesn't really, matter. really stung. Can't remember Kept it, you awake at night and stuff. Uh, mate, little shout-out to Nat Butcher. He just appeared at the perfect time for us. And if mm. something happens that you couldn't trade him out when we all did and you held him for the back end, fuck, he had some good games on the run home as well. Four tries against the West Tigers. He exploded. So, Nat Butcher, he did a job for us. But Suali, uh, he was the one this season, came in at very, very cheap, uh, did very well. Mm. Quick shout-out, Teddy's last five Supercoach seasons averaging – 80, 87, 95, 84, 74. Wow. Oh. Um, that fullback round one next season. Like, I've sort of sat there watching the trail the back end of this season going, I think you just have to own him for the rest of time and I never want to not own him again. But then you're like, Latrell, Teddy, Tommy Turbo is going to be based on a 61 average next season. Pappenhausen, we get two of them. Yeah. You throw Caelan Pongry in there at about 500k if you're looking for value. Uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy field to start next season. Joseph Suwali, he he's another one who's going to be priced pretty well to start next year, and uh, he's a long way. He's just going to peak a lot of. He averaged fifty mid fifties this season. That's in his debut year. I mean, he could be what? What's he played? Cup five games in twenty twenty one. Really strong, like. Not quite premium, but high mid-range option for next season. Yeah, for sure. Most disappointing at the Chooks, uh, Angus Crichton. Probably unfair to put him in here, mm. but there was periods there where I like only I think he only scored a handful of tries this year. The vast majority came in the last five weeks. Sort of the middle part of the season. I don't know, just felt like Angus wasn't getting overly involved in their games. He was doing his job and he was scoring his you know 45 to 55, but he's a guy that I would expect to average you know, 70-odd, and he simply wasn't doing it throughout the year. So I'd throw Angus in there. I know that you you were pretty high on Angus all season, though. Yeah, and as I said, he delivered late. So he finished with an average of 66, but that was with scores late on in the season of 115 and 161. Now, it was – his base was – like, he based 47 per game, which is pretty good going for a bloke that we know has attacking upside. 
the the attacking stats just eluded him. He didn't score a try until round nineteen. Wow. Broke his drought. Then scored another try two weeks later. Then had a double two weeks later. And then finished with another try. And that's where, unsurprisingly, the big 80, 90-plus scores came. So he just wasn't finding the try line, which in this Roosters outfit, it probably ties in also to the fact that, and we spoke a lot about it on the Bloke podcast, but it just took a long time this season for the Roosters to gel as a spine and to get their combinations going. Kiri and Sammy Walker really took their time to find their feet as, as a halves pairing. And when Sammy Walker made that switch to be the more dominant halfback, we saw... Angus Crichton start scoring his tries and they just yeah. looked a better side. So, again, he'll be another one to hard one not to start with next season. But I, I do like that you've thrown him in most disappointing because he, he was for the majority of the year. Another one that was pretty disappointing this year, <laughs> Billy Smith. I've always been very high on him. I think mm-hmm. you've always been a fan of Billy as well. Uh, obviously suffered another injury this year. I, I hate to say it, but I am worried that um, it could be a tough road back. For Billy Smith, he's been incredibly unlucky. Uh, even when he did get back this year, he's obviously you know recovering from an injury even then as well, and he uh, he didn't have the same punch uh, that the Billy Smith that I've watched over the last few years has had. So he was a little bit disappointing. We do wish Billy all the very best because fuck, he's a talented kid. Yeah, really disappointing. And as you said, even this season, I spoke really high of him and, and you did too earlier on in the year. I think we... Did you start with him? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, started, and yeah. then like, didn't even blink at it. I played yeah. him most weeks as well early on. And he just, coming back from another, was another ACL or something. He just didn't quite look the same. But yeah. um, So hopefully he comes back bigger and better, but he's had a tough run. Players to watch at the Chooks for next year. You've obviously got Takiaho leaving. Uh, Matt Lodge, he hasn't been signed yet. So if Takiaho leaves and Lodge leaves, Lindsay Collins has obviously got his HIA, uh, H- good God, HIA, I think I've got a few too, HIA issues. Um, and the Roosters, we know that they are very cautious with this sort of stuff as well. So just want to keep an eye on Egan Butcher. I think he's so fucking talented, it's not even funny. He has had a couple of big scores to finish the season, but his average, I'd say it'd be like 30s, 40s across the whole year. So uh, he'll be at decent value. I don't know if the opportunity is going to be there, uh, but but I think at some point there'll be a period where Egan will go good. Now, the other one's Josh Wong. I've spoken about him on my podcast on a couple of occasions. Uh, He was the SG ball captain for the Roosters this year. I put him in the same category as Trey Mooney. I think they're both going to be real superstars. I think Josh Wong will get a bench spot next year for the Sydney Roosters. Uh, He can play centre, second row, 5'8", lock. Uh, I think he'll be the modern day like Orbo for the Sydney Roosters over the next few years until he finds a spot. So Josh Wong, he will be one that I promise you will be in a lot of teams at some point next season for the Sydney Roosters. Let's get to the last team on this potty finish fifth in the regular season, the Melbourne Storm 2022. Uh, their best player, I would best players, I'd say Cam Munster and Harry Grant. No arguments here, right? Uh, no argument outside of a certain tiny little fullback who got injured mid-season. And that leads us straight into probably our most disappointing. <laughs> and uh, it's tough when you have to put guys that get injured in most disappointing. But, mm. um, mate, Pappy was just going gangbusters. He was doing so well. And to see him get injured, uh, it, re- it really was incredibly disappointing and hurt a lot of Supercoach players out there. Mm, it did. And... Uh Pappenhausen, the, the week he got injured, I think I skipped him. Sounds about right. Canberra. Canberra. Canberra game. Yeah. Pappy. Anyway. Jack White ran a train over him. Yeah. Pappy doesn't score that well against the Raiders, Pappy. Oh, it's hard to score yeah. well when you've got a shattered knee, but yeah. Yeah. 
That oh, that's right. Yeah, because oh yeah, it was, it was on a tear. Fifteen minutes. Are you taking the, the piss out of me because it fucked my draft season? Because no. it's a moment I will never forget. No, no, I can't remember that. But it was all. It's uh, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, and. 15 minutes into the game, he had two clean-cut line yep. breaks and him and I think Munster put him through for both of them and you're just sitting that – it was pretty well the start of the Raiders' resurgence in the comp and you're just sitting there going, shit, this scoreline could be anything. I said, pretty sure I had Pappy captain and uh, that yeah got obliterated by Jackie about 15 minutes in. He was on like 45 or something, yeah, Pappy. Yeah, he was flying. Yeah, yeah. that's – yeah, oof. Tough one. Anyway, no, let's no. never talk about it again. No, um, Grant Anderson. Uh, fuck, I'll tell you what. I watched Grant Anderson play a lot of Queensland Cup and fuck, he looked like a talent there. I'm, I'm still not putting the red Sharpie through him. I know a lot of people have bagged him and stuff this year. I've, I think he's still got more to offer uh, as his career goes on. But from what we saw this year defensively, uh, a lot of issues there, a lot of drop balls. It got injured at the worst possible fucking time. It was a bit of a nightmare this year having Grant Anderson. Yeah, and just quickly back on Pappenhausen before we get on to uh, old Grant Anderson off air talking to you about the fullbacks and you're going, yeah, geez, and Pappenhausen will be cheap next year as well, won't he? Guru, Pappenhausen averaged 90, we'd be at 900k. Yeah, well, it would have been nice of you to chime in with that before you let me talk for 15 <laughs> minutes the other day. But anyway, that's nice of you. Appreciate that. Uh, um, Grant Anderson, uh, let's never speak of him again. Yep. Two first names, can't trust them. Uh, Brandon Smith, the hectic cheese. I had him most disappointing. You had him all year. Uh, it was it was great doing these podcasts with you the entire year because every three or four weeks there'd be something that happened. You'd go, cheese? Yeah. I can play him this week. And I'd always be like, oh, I don't know about it. Uh, cheese looked exhausted to me for the vast majority of the season. Had a couple of injuries, suspensions and everything thrown in there. Had a couple of good games, but just wasn't the same footballer that he was the year before. Yeah, he wasn't, and he sort of played some fewer minutes off the bench, and he was sort of started in the back end of the season, played some decent minutes. Supercoach-wise, I brought him in at like 350-odd K um, around the buy period, and I had him for the rest of the season. Now, he didn't really impact me poorly because he was more of a depth option in the reason that I kept him, and, and it was based on outside of the buy round, I, I very, very rarely had to play Ben. I played in the last round of the season, and that was only not because I thought he'd do well. It was just more thinking if there are restings and whatnot later in round 25 that I lock in a semi-gun player. Um, but Cheese for me was just a backup to Harry Grant. So when trades were scarce, I was thinking, all right, I don't want to play Cheese. But if Grant goes down injured, Cheese comes into my starting team and he'll be a starting hooker for the Melbourne Storm playing big minutes. As it turned out, uh, Harry Grant played every game for the rest of the season. I didn't have to play Smith outside of round 25. But... Um, I mean, one, we'll get to him shortly, but one for next season at the Roosters, starting hooker potentially, he'll be cheap, he could be one of my first players picked. Actually, yeah, true, we didn't mention Cheese for the Roosters, <laughs> that will be very, very interesting yeah. next season. Like, it'd be based on what he average this season, not a hell of a lot, he averaged 45 this year, so like he could be an 80 minute hooker for the Roosters. He could lock him in, lock and yeah, load. for sure. Um, now, guys, to watch for the Melbourne Storm next year, you've obviously got a host of forwards leaving to go to the Dolphins. So there will be opportunities there. I think Jack Howarth, who will probably come into the back row, although I have been surprised that Melbourne didn't use him at any point hmm. this year. Um, I think you also got to keep in mind with a guy like Jack Howarth, he... COVID has really fucked up a lot of these guys as far as their transition into first grade. So I know that the Melbourne Storm's concern with Howarth was that he hadn't played enough games against grown men. He'd gone from schoolboys to 
no Queensland Cup mm. or anything. Um, played in the trial earlier this year and, uh, you know, respectfully got caught out, uh, as teenagers should do when they come into the NRL. Uh, so he spent the year playing reserve grade. I don't think the Melbourne choice, the Melbourne Storm will have a choice uh, but to use him decently there next year. So I think he'll be in the, he'll probably be a bench, potentially a starting back rower. Uh, will Warbrick came over from Rugby Union, was very, very impressive for the Falcons up there in Queensland Cup. I think you'll see him pop up at some point. I think you would have seen him pop up at some point this year if it wasn't for a couple of timely injuries that he had, some unfortunate injuries. Tariq Sims, though, he's an interesting one. Never been a hugely relevant Supercoach classic guy, draft guy. He's a pretty handy guy to pick up here and there. Uh, he could go down there and play decent minutes at the Storm. Uh, I don't know what his average was this year. I can't imagine it would have been. 45. Okay, I thought it would be worse. So mm. a bit of an awkward price. I mean, at the Melbourne Storm, uh, it's not bad, but he's obviously aging. I don't know if he will be an 80-minute guy there, although they have shown that they do like to pick 80-minute back rowers. Mm. So... Tariq Sims is probably a sit and watch, but I, I sort of feel like the Melbourne Storm, they're not done with their signing spree. I think there will be more guys to yeah. come, and I feel like there's going to be another name that's going to pop up. I've got no idea who it is, but I think there'll be another name that'll pop up in the Storm in the forward pack that I think could be pretty relevant, whether it's a Nathan Brown mm. or one of these sort of guys. I, I just feel like there's something more to come for yep. Melbourne. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. There'll be, there'll be something turned up there with the amount of players that, that have left and said so not a lot on the, the signing front, so keep an eye out over the off-season. Yeah. Guys, uh, that will do us for today. Our review of the Raiders, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. We'll be going through the top four teams next Monday, which will be grand final week. Uh, so come and join us there. We will be going through the Parramatta Eels, the North Queensland Cowboys, the Cronulla Sharks, and of course, the Penny Panthers as well. Uh, thank you to Blue Wealth Property for sponsoring Beers and Breakhavens each and every week. And to Bloke in a Bar, go and support Kempi this weekend by getting stuck into a case for prelim final footy this weekend mm. and then grand final next weekend. Very, very exciting. One more episode of Beers and Break Evens to come for season 2022. Look forward to seeing you next week for our last app. Cheers, guys. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.